0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Music and Bias podcast. I'm your host, Kiana W. Mitchell. This may come as a shock to you, but today as I begin the podcast, I'm just going to admit I honestly don't know what to say to you today. I don't even know where to begin. Now I'm sure you can agree with me on the point that this last week has been crazy. Like I talked to you guys last week on a Wednesday. Everything was life. We were living life as normal. Life was normal. As I say again, life was normal. Things were fine. You could go to the grocery store. You could buy a toilet tissue. You could get water. Everything was great. And in the state that I lived in, we had no confirmed cases of the coronavirus. So when I talked to you Wednesday, you know, life was good. I was happy. Still happy now, but you know what I'm saying. It was just a regular Wednesday, a regular day, regular week, regular... Issues with kids, etc. Thinking about fall, spring break, whenever that was at the end of the month. However, um, between Wednesday when I talked to you guys and Friday, things took a drastic turn. So, Wednesday things were great, life was normal. Thursday, kids went to school, life was great, things were normal pretty much. I did notice that there were like he's missing out well actually no thursday things were good i just happen to go to the grocery store on thursday because um i try to go shopping either on friday or sunday each week and i try to stay out of the store throughout most of the week because i've noticed that when i stay out of the store throughout the week things just work a little better and what do i mean by things work a little better Things work a little better for me because I spend less money. Have you ever noticed that when you go to the store, like, every day, you come out with something all the time? So I was doing that. I was coming out with things, and it's not like I was coming out with things that were a dollar or $2. No, I was coming out with things that were, like, $50, 30 40 I Do that every day. Yeah, that adds up. That's, like, $250 if you go to the store just for Monday through Friday, and you spend $50 every day. So what I have come to do is I have started to just um, try to go to the store once a week, do my shopping, done, don't go back in unless I need to buy water or something like that. So Thursday just happened to be the day I chose to go grocery shopping because Friday I knew it was going to be busy. I had a lot of things going on, a lot of things to do. There was not going to be time to go to the grocery store, so fine. So Friday... I didn't even think about it, didn't worry about it. It was like, well, I'll do all my stuff on Thursday and I won't have to do it Friday. So then Thursday had a lot to do. So I ended up doing it Thursday after I picked my kids up from school. And every time I go to the store after I pick my kids up from school... I usually spend more money than usual because they're always picking stuff up, throwing it in. I have one daughter who won't even ask about it. She just throws it in there. You get to the register. You're just like, wait a minute. When did I buy this? But you're already there. So, yeah. So, I went shopping. I could find whatever I wanted in the store. Nothing was bought out. Everything was great. Like, it was just a normal shopping trip. And then by Friday, I went to the store because I needed to get money I needed to get changed so my daughter could pay for her band thing and lines were like backed up so I'm sitting up here like what is happening like what's going on is there something that I missed you know thinking I'm out of the loop like I don't understand what's going on and so everyone's just buying stuff and the people in the store they didn't know what was happening either they told me they were either there just to go shopping one person said I just came to stock up on water because I see there's hardly any left so we didn't think about it I was like okay whatever So I noticed that things were getting kind of chaotic, but I didn't even know the reason why. And I didn't even take time to figure out why because I was in a rush. Remember I said Friday was going to be my day to do everything that I needed to do. So I didn't have time to figure out why things in the store were gone or why people were buying things up. I was like, oh, it doesn't matter. I got my groceries yesterday. I'm good. So that's what happened Friday. So let's fast forward all day Friday. I did all the things I needed to do. Ran all my errands. So Friday night, before I was getting ready to go to a praise team rehearsal, I have me sitting at the computer, so I just happened to be checking my email, and I got an email from the school, and it was saying that um, Madison City Schools were um, going to cancel all field trips, and the superintendent like was like, "This is one of two emails," and he's like, "Due to the coronavirus, um, Madison City Schools are going to be canceling all field trips." Um, indefinitely for now. So I was like, okay, they're canceling field trips. Then my husband let me know that they did find six cases in Alabama of the coronavirus. I was like, oh, that's probably what it is. Okay. So I was on board. I was like, all right, well, I understand they need to cancel the trips. Okay. So then later on that night, we got another email telling us that schools were going to close on Thursday because of the coronavirus. So I was like, okay, schools are going to close Thursday. So then fast forward to Sunday, got another email. And this email was saying, well, if you don't send your kid to school Monday through Wednesday, it's fine. You're not going to be penalized. Don't even write a note. Just don't brain them. I was like, okay. I was like, all right, I I get that. And I wasn't going to send my kids to school anyway. Because my thinking was, if we're trying to protect ourselves from the coronavirus, why are you sending your kids to school for three days so they could pick something up? And then go home and quarantine. I was like, if we're going to quarantine, we just need to do it completely. So that is what I was thinking about doing. And then on, later on that day, we did get news that we were supposed to completely just not send our kids to school. School was canceled. That was it. And... So from Monday to April 6th, the kids are going to be out of school for now. So we're still waiting to hear what's going to happen, what's going to go on. But as of right now, kids are out of school. There is enrichment learning that is available, but kids are not required to do it. So it's not mandatory. But my kids are doing it because I told them we need to stay ahead in school. But it's a good thing about my kids. They wanted to do it anyway because they said they were bored. So here we are. We are officially day three, we We're three days into this quarantine or trying to stay at home thing. My kids are bored. So please, if you hear any noise in the background, I'm trying to keep them quiet. It's not always successful. So if you hear slight noise, like maybe a bump, a noise, a mommy, please excuse it. I'm working from home, like literally. I was working from home before or from the library. But it's quiet when kids are in school. You just never realize the quiet you have and the ability you have do so much done so please please forgive me if you hear any noise any talking i'll try to cut it out if you hear any like talking or slight noise just say oh her kids are home so yeah that's where we are right now so the kids are home you all know across the country nobody can find toilet tissue i don't even know why they're buying it out but whatever and people are buying up water and all kind of stuff But on the bright side, I think we're good for now. We're good with supplies and everything. And I'm just going to stay home. I was thinking about maybe taking the kids to the movies. You know, that sounds like a great idea since nobody's going to be there. But then I thought about it. I'm just like, well, if the purpose is we are all trying to stay home and quarantine ourselves so that we don't get other people sick or so that we can avoid or at least slow down the spread of the virus, why are we going to the movies? Like, we should really stay home. And in this state, um, everything's really been canceled. Church has been canceled. um, Actually, for the next four weeks, we're not going to have church at my church. But other churches are doing the same thing. And the governor has recommended that you do not go out in groups of people, of more than 10 people. So I'm just like, you know what, I'm just going to stay home. I bother? And I'm going to spend this time doing what I love to do. I'm going to podcast. I'm going to work on songs. I'm going to spend time with my kids. You know, I'm going to try to make the best out of it. Spend time with my husband. Just do, like, family things. Because I think that um, this is a bad thing that's going on. But if you want to be positive about it... I think we spend so much time going here and there and doing so many things that we don't always spend time with our family members or the people that we love. And now we have that chance because we're all stuck in the house together. So let us make the most of it. That's what I'm going to try to do. Make the most of it, spend time with my kids, enjoy them, play games, spend time with my husband, watch movies and stuff. We have seen Frozen 2, and I think we watched Toy Story 4. Okay, I was not a fan of that. Anyway... Not a time for a movie review, but I'm just saying, (laughs) I didn't really care for it. But that is what I plan to do. And I think we all should just do our part by just staying in. It's not going to kill us for a few weeks just to stay in and only go out if we need to go out. So if you need groceries, please go to the store. If you just want to go hang out at the mall, no, that's not a good reason to go out. I think we should all do our part because the sooner we... If this virus contained and slow the spread of it, then we can resume our normal lives, if that is even possible at that point. But I think we can. So I think we should all work together as a collective community and stay home like we're being asked to, spend time with our families, and just make the most of this time. If you can, work from home, work remotely. Just do what you can to stop the spread of the virus. Now, while I am home, I am going to try to, well actually next week I am going to do a Facebook live and what I'm going to do is I'm just going to come up with a topic of things we can do while we're home, uh, maybe some things that I'm doing with my family, things you might want to try. We can just come together and share things that we're doing just to kind of break up the like routine, make it not be so boring and I know watching TV is fun and awesome but come on, we cannot binge watch Netflix or Hulu or stream, or um Sling or even Disney Plus, the whole three weeks. That is a total waste of time. And if you're like me, you probably get bored of TV after a while. So let's try to do some Facebook. I'm going to try to do some Facebook Lives, maybe upload some videos to the new YouTube channel we have. And we're just going to have some fun. I'm going to experiment because when we start Season 4, which is going to start April 1st, I want to also have like video of the podcast in addition to the audio version of the podcast. And I'll upload the videos to YouTube. So I'm going to use this time to practice uploading and figuring out how to do things to YouTube so that when Season 4 starts, we will be ready. So if you want to join me and kind of be my guinea pig and watch the videos I put on YouTube, I'll give you all that information um, next week, or else I'll put it out on um, probably the Facebook page and maybe Instagram. And yeah, but we'll get it out to you as soon as I figure out how we're going to do this. So I'm looking forward to this, looking forward to spending time with my family, looking forward to spending more time with you and coming up with amazing things that we can talk about. And I'm just looking forward to the time to relax because guys, this is a time for us to relax with everything that we do. This is a time for us just to take it easy, take care of ourselves, work on our goals, work on our dreams, take care of our health by staying healthy and just relaxing, no stress, just relax. So, that is what I plan to do, and that is why I encourage you to do as well. Now, if you guys have anything. I mean, anything that you want to talk about during our Facebook Lives or anything you want me to talk about in our videos that I plan to make, please, 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 whatever you're doing, you can listen and still go to Facebook, okay? So go right to Facebook right now because if you're like me, if you don't do it now, you're just not going to do it. That's how I am. So while you are listening, go to Facebook, okay? Type in at the Music and Vibes Podcast. And it should take you to our page. I'm also going to put it in the show notes so you can just click on it. And then you can message me what you like to talk about. Or some fun things that we can do while you are at home. Alright guys, don't forget, go to Facebook right now. Tell me what you want to talk about in our Facebook Live next week. And I can't wait to hear from you. On this episode of the Music Advice Podcast, I felt that with everything that's going on in the world with the coronavirus, that it would be appropriate for us to talk about how to cope with the stress of the financial problems in your marriage. Now, this week I've been watching less reality TV and watching more of the news, you know, trying to figure see what's going on. I know right now in Alabama we do have Last us I checked, I think it was 39 cases of the coronavirus in the state of Alabama. And I'm sure there's a lot of cases in different other states. And the reason I wanted to talk about this is because things are starting to shut down. Like, restaurants are starting to shut down. They've, they even shut down the gym where I go They're cutting back on hours at the food, at um, stores, and just regular places that we normally would go and not think anything of, those places are closing down. So with all those places closing down, people are losing out on hours at work. Now, if you work at a grocery store, you might be fine, but it could still affect you because of the fact that instead of being open 24 hours, and if you work overnight, then you might be affected if it closed at a certain time at night. Or... If you have like a nail salon or a beauty shop and people aren't coming in because they're all told to stay home for the next three weeks, this could affect you. I know some people who have like um, music schools and people are not coming in for classes. This can affect you and it can put you in a huge financial situation. Even people who may work for government and actually have paid time off, this can affect you as well because if you have kids... And you now have to stay home to either watch your kids or your grandkids. And you don't have a lot of paid time off. It depends on whether you get paid or not. And so this can affect you. Even if you are a single parent home, this can affect you. If you're a two parent home, this can affect you because you probably depend on both checks. And if one person is not getting paid because they're home with the kids and one person is working, it can have an effect on your finances. This can even affect people... um, Especially people who may work in fast food industry or restaurants or... This can affect everyone. And it's having an effect on everyone. And, you know, as I sit here and think about it, yeah, it, we, you know, the possibility of people getting sick and a lot of people contacting or getting the coronavirus, it's there. But there's also, like, the consequence of the coronavirus. It's not just you get sick. Because it's true, you do get sick. But it's affecting everything. It's affecting... People's jobs. It's affecting when you know whether they're open or not. It's affecting whether our kids go to school or not. It's affecting what we buy, how we buy, how much we buy, how much we are spending right now. It's affecting everything, and so with everything that is affecting, it is eventually going to affect your marriage. Yes, it is. Think about it. The family's stuck together for like three weeks. No one's really supposed to leave or anything. That can be a stressful time or it can be stressful with finances because if you guys are home, no one's working, you still have bills to pay, you still have kids to feed, you still have things to do. So this can affect your marriage because financial stress is real and if you guys are not working on how to cope with financial issues or deal with this, this can cause a huge concern to you. And it can cause a problem in your marriage. So not only is the coronavirus affecting your health, it can also affect your marriage and the health of your marriage. So what we're going to do today is just talk about some ways that we can deal with financial stress. Now, maybe you're in a good situation. Maybe things are good for you. Now, if you're working in the hospitals or depending on where you're working, you might be fine. But for those of you who are not fine, this podcast is for you. And even for those of you who are fine for right now, I'm sure you're still impacted financially in some way. So this is for all of us to just take some time, take a breather, take a step back, and actually sit down and think about what we can do right now to deal with um, potential financial stress that we may have because of the coronavirus or even if it's not the coronavirus just potential financial stresses that we may go through in the future because you all know it happens so life happens so you will if you're not experiencing it today you're going to experience it some other time eventually so here are some tips that I want to discuss with you briefly um, on how to deal with financial issues, and how to cope with financial stress. Now, the first thing that is important that you do is to talk openly, communicate, and set goals. Now, as I've explained before, in my marriage, I am like a planner. However, my husband is not. So there have been times when there was something I should have discussed with him, uh, something I should have talked to him about in our finances, one who take care of that, something I should have talked to him about. But I didn't because I was like, well, I don't want to stress them out, or it's a difficult conversation to have. And you know how we talked last week, how sometimes we just avoid difficult conversations altogether, even though we need to have them. So there have been times I've done that, and then a bill came due, and he's like, how come you didn't pay? I was like, well, we didn't really have the money to do it, or, you know, and it caused a whole lot of issues because I didn't communicate. I did not talk openly about the problem, or either the lack of, or the Maybe an overabundance of money. I didn't communicate it. And if the thing can happen. It's not so much if you don't have enough that you don't talk openly about it. Sometimes you may have money to put away, money to save, and you don't talk about that. So if you don't communicate what you want to do with the excess money that you may have, and if you don't set goals for that money, then you're probably going to waste it or do something you're not supposed to do with it. And then later on, you'll find out, man, if I just saved that, we wouldn't be in this situation now. So it's important to talk openly about money. Yeah, you may be stressed about it. Your spouse may get stressed about it. But you know what? He would rather know about your financial situation than have it kept from him or hid from him and guys she would rather know about your financial situation instead of having it kept from her or hidden from her because when you get married it's one of those things where we're working together it's not like oh this is my money because sometimes when we're single we do irresponsible things with our money but then we're affecting ourselves, and we're not affecting a whole household. So when you get married, it's important for you to work together with the finances. Even if there's just one primary person who takes care of everything, the other person should know what's going on with money so that they're not kept in the dark about what's happening. So talk openly about money. So if you have don't have enough, talk openly about it. Let them know or let her know, communicate effectively about your financial situation together, work together to do this, and set goals of where you want to be, what you want to do in the next year, next two years, next three years, five years, ten years from now, where you want to be financially. Because if you have goals, you have something to work toward. I notice with myself, goals are essential to me doing whatever it is I'm doing. Because if I don't have goals, I don't have, like, a direction to go in. It's just like, yeah, in the next year, I want to do this. But I don't know how to do this. I don't know where to go, what resources are available. I haven't, If I don't set goals, nothing ever gets done. So the same thing goes with your money. Talk openly about your money. Communicate. And please, set goals so you will know where to go, how to get out of the jam you're in, and then how to move forward in an effective way so that you're not in a financial mess the next time. You know, just set goals and be proactive instead of reactive. The next thing that you should do is prioritize together. Yes, prioritize together. Now, you would think that being married, you guys have the same priorities. Like, maybe your priority is, hey, I just want to buy a house. So, you're willing to save toward buying a house and you're trying to build your credit up. And your spouse's priority may be, I just want to buy a new car. So, then they're thinking of, Working toward a car. So if you guys have different priorities, it's going to be a conflict. You're going to clash because there is no prioritizing together. So what you may think is important as number one goal may not be what your spouse think is an important financial goal. So that's why it's important to sit down and to prioritize together what you want to do. So let's say you want to pay off your bills. You can say, okay, so we want to get out of debt. And you come up with a plan on how you get out of debt. Prioritize what bills to pay first, what bills to pay second, and then commit to it and work toward doing those things and prioritize together what you want to do. So you can get out of debt. Maybe that could be priority financial priority number one. Priority number two could be maybe get a more reliable... I know. Well, maybe... Priority number two could be, like, you want to buy a house, so you work toward that. Then maybe priority number three, buy a car so that we have better transportation. I don't know how you guys would do that or what your priorities are. And right now, you may not even know what your priorities are. But it is a good idea to sit down now and talk about what these priorities are so that you can have an idea for what you guys want to do financially and you can prioritize those things together. The next thing that I want you to do, women... If you wives, if you are keeping secrets from your husband right now about the finances, stop doing that right now, husbands. If you are keeping secrets from your wives about the finances, stop, don't do it anymore. Stop doing it. Here's why. You have to have trust in a marriage, and if they cannot trust you to handle the finances or to be upfront with your with each other about finances, you are essentially destroying your marriage, tearing down your trust. You're doing all these things just by keeping little secrets. And I know some of these secrets seem like not like they're not a big deal. For example, I realized early in our marriage that my husband did not really pay attention to what I wore um, shoes, or anything like that. So, I kind of figured out when we had extra money that, hey, then I could buy myself an outfit. He'll never know. So, you know, you buy yourself, the, I would buy myself the outfit, take the tag off, put it in the closet, and then wear it. And so, he wouldn't be the wiser that I bought myself a new outfit, and it would never be discussed. Now, was that wrong? Yes, it was wrong, because we should have talked about that. I shouldn't have tried to hide from him that I bought an outfit. And the crazy thing is, he didn't even care if I bought an outfit or not. He's not like that. So for me, just keeping a secret about, oh, I bought this outfit, or I bought the kids something that he may not agree with, or this or that, it's like, that is not a good thing to do. And I'm telling you from personal experience, because I've done it before, and I'm telling you, don't do that. So if you think I'm just jumping on you about doing it, nope. I'm talking to myself, too, because I've done the same thing. And I think all of us are guilty um, with doing that. And some of you may even be doing it now as I am talking on the podcast. I don't know. Maybe you're hiding a bag of shoes in your closet. Guys, maybe you are, like, buying something you know your wife probably wouldn't approve of. But the whole point is we're flawed we make mistakes. But the great thing about making mistakes is that you should learn from your mistakes. And learning from your mistakes means you should change your behavior so you don't do those mistakes again. So stop keeping secrets about the finances. If you don't have enough to pay something, you talk about it. There should be no secrets. There shouldn't be a hidden stash of cash somewhere or an offshore bank account that your husband or wife knows nothing about that you're saving up money for. No, you should not keep secrets. You should be together in this because it's not your money. It should be our money. So if you're keeping secrets about your money, stop doing that. If you're buying things and not telling your spouse about what you're buying, stop doing that. Be honest, be open, and be transparent about spending and about money that you're trying to save. Just keep it real. Stop keeping secrets. Another thing you can do is acknowledge and accept emotions. So if you are in a situation where your finances are not good and you feel that maybe... Your husband or wife contributed to it. Or maybe you're mad at yourself for your contributions to the situation. Because, listen, when there are money problems, just like when there are arguments, it's not his fault or her fault. It's our fault. So we need to figure out what's going on. And sometimes no one is at fault. It's just life happens and things happen. I have known some people who are very responsible. They paid their bills on time, but their son was laid off. Or they got sick. Or there were hospital bills or medical bills. Whatever it is, they got into debt. So the whole point is to acknowledge and accept your emotions. You might be upset at either yourself or the situation you're in. You could be frustrated. You could be at your wit's end. But if you don't accept these emotions, then you're not going to be able to get past this point, And you're going to be stuck in a whole cycle of being frustrated and angry and money's going to stress you out. The whole thing is, one thing I've learned, and here it is, Things you don't accept always comes back to haunt you. But once you start accepting things, then it's easier to move past them. Does that make any sense? Okay, yeah, so it's like if you accept something, you can come up with a plan of action. If you don't accept it and refuse to acknowledge that you feel this way, then you're not going to work on it because you're refusing to acknowledge that you feel a certain way. And so if you're refusing to acknowledge something, then you're not going to work on it, and it's not going to get better. So... What you need to do is accept and acknowledge your emotions. Whether you're happy about money, whether you're sad about it, frustrated, depressed, whether money stresses you out, own it, feel it, and then work on it. That is important for you to do. And while you are owning your feelings and acknowledging and accepting your emotions, please do not blame each other. Now, yeah, something may be, maybe your husband made a bad choice with a purchase. Maybe you made a bad choice with an investment. Who knows what happened? But you cannot blame the other person for what they did. You have to realize listen, we are not perfect. We are not hedge fund managers. We're just people trying to figure out what to do with money. And most of the time, if we can speak freely and be real about it, our parents did not set a good example for us with money. They did not a lot of the times. A lot of times our our parents were in debt. They were borrowing. A lot of times we did not have that foundation that we needed to have when it came to money. We didn't learn how to handle money. We just learned. Okay we need to go to work. Pay our bills. But no one told us how to invest it. How to save it. So a lot of times. It, it kind of isn't your fault. Yeah you made the choice. But. You're just going off of what you learned. Does that make any sense? You're going off what you learned. You're going off of things that you've seen. And this is just how you've seen your parents deal with money. And it probably was not the right way. So that's why you find yourself in the situation that you're in. But. Even with that being said, you have to own it because you made the choice to do certain things with your money. But while you're owning it and accepting it and acknowledging these things, you cannot blame your spouse. Do not do that. Instead, you can work together to help remedy the situation. Because blaming someone never works. You're not going to get out of debt by saying, this is your fault. You shouldn't have done this. You shouldn't have done that. How does that help you? Instead, the only thing it does it tears down your marriage and makes you and your husband or you and your wife at odds with each other and it pulls you apart and you're not working together to fix this financial situation. And when it comes to financial issues, you need to work together to fix it because it took both of you to mess it up. So don't blame each other. Instead, talk about it without blame, talk about it without guilt, talk about it with each other. Just say, okay, we're in this situation. I feel a certain way. And like I said last week, even if your spouse is the main reason you're in debt, you can say that you could talk to them in this kind of way. You could probably say something like, well... Because we are in such a tight financial situation, I'm feeling stressed. I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm feeling. And you're not blaming him. You're not blaming her. You're just saying that because we're in this situation, this is how I'm feeling. And then try to come up with a resolution about what you can do together to get out of it. So that one person is not feeling like, oh, it's all my fault or feel attacked. Because once you start attacking your spouse, you are defeating the purpose of working together to get out of this situation or to work together on coming up with solutions on what you need to do you also need to work on compromising now compromising is important especially when you're trying to prioritize and set goals because we're different people so what I think is important my husband may not think is important what you think is important your spouse may not think is an important financial goal so it's important to listen to each other communicate openly Listen to each other. And then based on what you're saying, set a compromise. So if your husband or wife feels that maybe you guys should try to get a car first before you get a house, and their argument is like, our car is messing up, we're always having it in the shop, we're constantly fixing it, we need to have a car first so we can have reliable transportation, we need to be able to make consistent car payments, build up our credit, so it will help us to get a house, don't be like, well, no, because the house is what I think we should do next, and that's how it's going to be. No. Compromise. Come up with a compromise where you win and he wins, or where you win and she wins. Remember, a compromise is not about they win, I lose. It's about you win, I win. So come up with a compromise on what you guys can do together to set goals and prioritize and get out of debt and what you guys need to work on together. Work on compromising because this is important and it's essential if you guys want to be financially healthy in your marriage. I met and talked to a lot of people who have financial issues and they are embarrassed to accept help. Now, help may come in many different ways. Maybe your parents see that you're struggling and they offer to help you out until you get back on your feet. Or maybe you have to refinance your house as way to get help. Or maybe you have to take a loan to get help. Whatever it is that you have to do to get help that's legitimate and legal. And I do say legitimate and legal. Then do it. And if you, And when I say do it, because some people... Pass up opportunities that can help them get out of their situation because they're too proud to be like, you know what, we messed up, I need some help. Some people are even embarrassed to get help, even if it's help comes in the form of taking a class on financial management, I don't know, maybe doing Dave Ramsey's um, financial freedom program, I don't know, but whatever form help comes in that's legitimate and legal, take it. Don't be embarrassed. You're not the only person who's in debt. There's a whole country of people who's in debt. Now the only thing is, you don't know their financial situation and you don't see their bank statements. So you don't know that they're in debt. So from the outside looking in, it may look like they are financially together all is well. But you never know what they're going through. So don't Look at how other people are doing. Don't compare your success to someone else's success financially because you don't know the real issues or what's really happening with their money. Worry about yourself. Worry about your money. Don't compare and accept help so that you guys can get out of the situation that you're in and not just get out, but learn from it and move forward to have a better financial future. Another thing I want to point out, and I mentioned that we shouldn't compare ourselves, and this is important to have, to have and set realistic goals. Now, some people, I don't know, maybe they're making six figures, and they can say, well, every time, we're just going to live off of one check, or we're just going to do this, and we're not going to touch the other one. Okay, maybe um, James and Mary can afford to do that. That will work for them, but it may not work for you, especially if you just have, like, a regular job where maybe you're not making six figures, You have a good career, you're happy, you're making a decent amount of money, but it's not fixed six figures. And you and your husband need both your incomes to survive. So maybe a situation in that case, it wouldn't make sense for you to take one income and try to live off of it because you may not be able to do that. But what you can do, if that is the situation you're in, is every time you get paid, you can take... $20 from your check, $20 from his check, and put it in savings and save $20 each time you get paid. That may be a more realistic financial goal for you when it comes to putting money into your savings. Even if you can only afford $5 a week or $5 every time you get paid. The point is you need to put something in savings every single time you get paid so that you can grow and save your money so that you will have money either for a rainy day or money to do things that you need to do. Because the more you save, then you are helping yourself get out of your financial situation because you're putting money aside so that you can either have it for a rainy day or be able to save to do something that you and your spouse have agreed is a financial goal that you set for yourself. So don't compare, have realistic expectations, and realize that Maybe they can do this, but this is what we can do. And then you know what? Feel confident, feel proud about what you can do, and then just do what you can do. Don't try to do anything else. Don't try to compare yourself to anyone else. Just do what you can do. The next thing I think that is important is that you turn to your faith. Now I've said many times on the show that I recognize everyone who listen is not a Christian and that's fine. It's perfectly fine. But I think that you should turn to whatever you believe in, your faith. Now, Of course, you know for me, I believe in God. So in this situation, if I'm having a financial issue, it's important that I turn to God and I say, God, what should I do? How should I spend this money? What should I do? Maybe pay, you know, pay tithe. Just do things that I feel, based on my beliefs, is what I should do with my money. Now, based on your beliefs, you should also turn to your faith, And do what you feel what you need to do. If tithing is what it is you're doing, then do that. If you believe giving to the church or giving to the homeless or giving to the poor is what you should be doing, then do that. And let me tell you, okay? I know people are like, well, how are we going to be giving money away if we're trying to save it? One thing I've always learned is like when you help others, it comes back. So even if you don't believe in God and you just believe in karma... The law of karma is like, if I do something nice for you, then someone's going to do it back to me. And if you don't believe in karma and you believe in the Bible, you know, just like I do, it says in the Bible that um, if we give to other, God will give back to you. So, regardless of what you're believing in, the principle is the same. So, if we give to someone else and we help someone else, God will bless us and he will give it back to us. And if you don't believe in God... If you just believe in karma, you'll get your stuff. You'll get it back. So the point is, see what we can do to help other people and share what we're dealing with and how we are getting out of our debt with other people so that we can not just get financially better ourselves, but that we can help our community get financially better. Because if you can tell someone and keep someone from making the same financial mistakes that you made, then that's someone else who will not have to spend the years that you're spending trying to clean up their financial mess. They'll be able to move forward and to have a better financial future. So don't be afraid to give to others, whether it is your time, whether it's your advice, whether they need help with money, whatever it is that you can afford to give, you can do that and turn to your faith and to find out how you should spend your money. And finally, the last thing I'm going to tell you to do is count your blessings. Because whether you have a lot of money or you don't have any money, you are alive right now. That is something to be thankful for. So many people have died. They lost their lives. People who are rich have lost their lives. And you are still here. You're still alive. I remember, um, I forgot, it was an article that I read about Steve Jobs before he died And he was saying in an article that things that he's learned since he's been terminally ill. And one of the things he said that he learned was that he had all this money, like riches and wealth. He had all this money, but he couldn't buy his health. So if you have health and you are broke, that's a blessing. You have your health. If you are broke and you have your family, that's a blessing because you have your family. Like so many times we just think, oh, I don't have this I'm not where I should be. I don't have this amount of money saved up. And we forget the small blessings. Because here's the thing. You may have money today, but you may not have it tomorrow. You may be broke today, but you can get money tomorrow. It's not something that defines you. It's not something that is going to mean, oh, you're a terrible person because you're living from paycheck to paycheck. No. That's not how that works. So what I want to say is count your blessings. You are blessed whether you have money or whether you don't have money. You are blessed. You are alive. You're breathing. If you are healthy, you have your health. Even now, the fact that you are able to have this time to spend with your family, and right now hopefully no one in your family is sick, you just have this time together, that is a blessing because... If your kids are small and you are at home with them right now, that's time you will never be able to get back. So let's enjoy this time. Whatever situation you find yourself in, I promise you, there's a reason to be thankful. So count your blessings. And once you start counting your blessings and working on your finances, you'll see that it's not as bad as it looks. And I always say this. Yeah, things may seem bleak. Believe me, I've been there. But things just seem bad. I was crying like, oh my goodness, I don't know how I'm going to pay this. But guess what? The next day, Things worked out. And most of the time, things do work out. So, believe and trust that things are going to work out. Count your blessings and work on your finances. And keep things in perspective about what you're trying to do. Have realistic goals and expectations. Talk openly with your spouse. Communicate, set your goals. Prioritize together. Stop keeping secrets. Acknowledge your feelings and accept your emotions. And don't blame each other. You know, work on compromising. Don't be embarrassed to ask for help. And I guarantee that things are going to work out and they're going to turn around. So right now, during this time in history where we are all home... And I told my kids, I was like, this has never happened before. Like, I don't even know where to begin. But this is the time for us to begin to put things in perspective and to realize that we are blessed. We are. And that we have so much to be thankful for. So if you guys begin today to proactively implement some of these suggestions then you and your spouse may be able to avoid some of the negative impacts of financial stress that you may be experiencing now or in the future, whether it is because of the coronavirus or not. Now, I'm not going to say that you will never experience financial stress, because you will. You know, that's just life. But you will be in a better position to cope with the financial stress in your marriage. Now, the song that we're going to listen to today is called Hope You're Having a Good Day. i played it several times on the podcast before, but I just feel like with everything that's going on, it's important for us to realize that um, there may be some difficult days ahead. I don't know. But... It's like we need to let our spouse know that we're with them. Even if it means we're going to have to deal with some financial issues, they need to know we're with them. We're in this with them. And that we are going to work through this together. And that no matter what happens, we're going to get through this together. And we also need to let them know that we love them. And that no matter what happens, it's okay because we're going to make it through together. So, here's the song. Hope you're having a good day it
1: was late in the evening he stood there acting like he didn't care a long day a hard day full of failures and despair he didn't want to go home that night because he had just been let go by his boss he cleared out his desk so he could leave found a letter from his wife he forgot to read hope you're having a good day whether you're winning or losing i love you no matter what, we're gonna make it through Hope you're having a good day Whether you're winning or losing I love you No matter what, we're gonna make it through the drive- sure what she'd say he didn't know how to tell her that he lost his job that day he didn't want to go home that night because he had just been let go by his boss she held him while the tears fell down she wipes his eyes and begins to say
0: today i would just like to say thank you to anique music um anique music is our sponsor for the music and vibes podcast and they are also the publishing company for all that represents all of the songs that you hear here on the podcast so thank you so much anique music for your continual support of the music and vibes podcast guys i also want to say thank you to you because as i say all the time and i'm not just saying this just to say it i honestly mean it like if it wasn't for you guys listening there would be no Music and Vibes podcast. So I thank you guys from the bottom of my heart. I appreciate you guys. And I look forward to spending more weeks with you as we continue the Music and Vibes podcast. So thank you so much for listening. I love you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Much love. Like, I really do love you guys. Thanks so much for listening. I want to also encourage you guys to subscribe to the podcast. Yes, we are going to be doing a lot of new things. We've changed a lot of things for season four. And in order for you to get the Music and Vibes podcast and to get the new episodes and maybe some bonus things that I throw out there, you have to subscribe. And so I'm just begging you, please subscribe to the podcast so that you can get all of the new things that I plan to put out, you won't have to go look for it. You won't have to check the Facebook page. You will automatically get it in your feed or wherever you listen to podcasts if you just subscribe. So guys, I got a lot of great things I want to give to you, but I need you to subscribe to the podcast so that you can have it automatically. You won't have to look around and search to try to find it. I also want to encourage you guys to share this podcast with your family and your friends because I'm sure there's someone today that you know needs to hear what they can do to cope with financial stress. So find that person, go look through your phone, and share the podcast with your friends or your family members. I also want to um, mention, I'll say it again, I want to reiterate, I'll probably be doing some Facebook Lives next week, so just stay tuned to the Facebook page for updates on when I will be on so that you can be there and you can listen. Now, Season 4 of the podcast begins April 1st, which is crazy because it's like April Fool's Day. I had no idea that it was April Fool's Day when I decided to do the podcast or do Season 4 the first week in April. But, it's April Fool's Day. So, alright, I'm not going to play any jokes with you. It's a real podcast episode. We'll just acknowledge the day, but we're not going to do jokes or pranks or anything. So, April 1st, remember is Season 4 of the Music and Vibes Podcast. I also want to encourage you guys to check out the website. And the website, I've added some new features, some new things. Just come on over, check it out, and let me know what you think. And finally, I just want to tell you guys, if you want to connect with me, it's not hard to do. You can either message me on the Facebook page, you can DM me on Instagram, and the handle at Instagram is at the Music and Vibes, I think it's at Music and Vibes, And on Facebook, it's at the Music and Vibes Podcast. Or you can just send me an email at musicandvibes.com at gmail.com. Now, I'm going to put all of this information in the show notes, so you should just be able to get it from there. But if you just want to connect with me and talk, I would be more than happy to talk to you because I appreciate you guys so much. So I think it would be great for us to talk and connect. So if you want to connect with me and talk, or just tell me some things that you're trying to do and need to listen ear, air. Go connect with me on either Instagram, Facebook, or you can send me an email. Alright, I think that's all for now. If I think of anything else, I'll post it on the Facebook page. But I think it's all for now. So, until we talk again, bye bye
1: and have a great day.
0: And I'll talk to you later.
1: Bye. I need you.